Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Wendy and I are at Plank and Bray Road here near Elkhorn, Wisconsin, after our show in Delavan. And it's not quiet. Scary. There's a weird cow making sounds. (laughs) Yeah, and there's like a screaming bird. Yeah. It's spooky looking. There's, There's like mist on the like fog mm-hmm. on the road and it's extremely dark um the stars are out but the, they're starting to cloud over a bit yeah oh i just saw a shooting star oh god i thought you saw the red eyes of the beast <laughs> i'm like oh god is it a beast i guess you'd probably scream if you saw it um i you i would be gone so fast okay i would be running the other way that was really cool all right here's the car coming so we're gonna head out but this is Bray Road, and... I can see, you know, just the darkness alone, I could see where stories could come out of this. Yeah, but Wendy and I see you on the other side, on the lookout for the beast. Well, that was a fun little excursion, wasn't it? That was actually pretty scary. (laughs) It was. Because there was no light. Um, I did see, like, I saw a car driving away, far away on Plank Road, and it did look like two red eyes okay but i mean really somebody's gonna see that and be like it's a beast well you never know i mean some of these things were seen at like two o'clock in the morning okay and you know what happens at two o'clock people see things that aren't there right (laughs) especially when they're coming home from the bar yeah in southeastern wisconsin i know but i mean come on tail lights from a car i'm not i'm just saying i saw oh man you'd have to be pretty and the first thing i thought was oh you know what the first thing i thought was like oh (laughs) it's there well the only, I mean, I actually did have a jump scare though. When you, you said so, you saw something or you saw a shooting star. You're like, oh, oh I yeah. saw a shooting star, and then I thought that was it. I no, that was so cool. We were about to be devoured by the beast of Bray Road, like a were, like oh, a shooting star. Well, that's much nicer than a werewolf. Well, it was so dark that it, I was actually psyching myself out a little bit because I kept thinking, you know, if a bear or some kind of wild animal were to to sneak up and attack us, we wouldn't right. see it at all. I mean, we'd hear it obviously, but well, unless it's a sneaky. Sneaky like, animal, unless, right, unless it's a sneaky bear. Right, <laughs> which, I don't know, but it was so dark, it was almost impossible to see where we were walking, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so. Right, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a moon out last night. Right. So that I think that That's made true. it extra dark. So it was hard to see in mm-hmm. front of you. And we had to use the flashlight even to get from the car to the, yep. the sign. We'll, you know, we put up <laughs> like a little a picture. Half a block away from the car. Yes. So, but we did go to Bray Road and we did seek out the beast. Yes. And um, uh, we didn't see anything. Didn't scary. see the beast, but I mean that road really is pretty scary. It's pretty. Yeah. It's very horror movie, like you know, little patches of fog coming up and just. Well, it feels like the middle of nowhere. Yeah, darkness and there's twists and turns in the road and trees everywhere and so. So if you're coming back from something late, you know. Like it, you know maybe a concert, a 
concert. <laughs> right. Well, Alpine rock Valley. Rock band concert. Alpine Valley was out there, so a lot of people were coming back for concerts. I was thinking of Sunspot concerts oh, well, in I, Delavan, I, but... And like if sure. you're coming back from our show in Delavan... When we play Alpine Valley someday, we can... Yeah, we can, can do that too. You can come back on Bray Road. So we went down there and uh, it was pretty scary. So It was. Um, but the shows were a lot of fun. Yes. And so we're, we're talking to you right now from uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. <laughs> the Shah. Because uh, yesterday we played in Madison in the daytime and then we played in Delavan, Wisconsin, which is southeastern Wisconsin, about an hour away from Madison in the evening. And we're getting set today to play in Milwaukee at the Wisconsin State Fair this afternoon. That's right. So we're just... Uh, we're in between tour stops. Yes, today. And we thought we'd do a, a podcast today. Cause yep. So we're, we're staying at my sister's house mm-hmm. and enjoying some nice hospitality. We got yes, some coffee certainly here. Are. <laughs> certainly are. And yeah, it's kind of a nice little little pause in between the chaos of, of shows. And, and while your sister's house, I don't believe, is haunted, um, we were talking... So... <laughs> Oh, it was a funny thing today. So <laughs> while we were having breakfast, uh, she had paused the DVR. Right. And I was wondering, and I didn't realize that. So I came into the middle. It's like, so they had paused the DVR on the TV in the kitchen before I'd got. In. Yeah. And then I get in there and we're hanging out for a few minutes. We eat and I look at the TV and it's the same face that's been there. So it's like paused for 15 minutes. I'm like, what's that? It's like a portrait. And then they start talking about whatever they were watching court TV. Yeah. It was something. the crime channel. Some, some, you know, and, murder, murder case or something. Right. And then Wendy's like, well, it's talking about murder. And then we look over and it starts going like, right. When I said murder, the TV yeah. started back up. <laughs> so it was, I mean, I'm sure it was a coincidence, but it was pretty funny because I'm like, I start, I'm like, what is that thing? And then Wendy tells me what it is. It's just murder. And then it starts going like automatically. Well, actually Mike, I didn't, I didn't want to ruin the fun, but that was an elaborate plan by me. I, I hit pause and then I started the timer and I waited just till that moment because I knew the timer was going to run out for the pause. And you knew exactly when I would start yeah, talking exactly. about it. Yeah, exactly. Pretty good. So thanks for thanks for playing your part in that. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty weird that we just start talking about something and it's like <laughs> moving. Like, hey, that's did you make that happen? So yeah. anyway, coincidences abound. But um, right. So that was our, our, our scary stuff last night and this yep. morning. Uh, today, though, we're talking about a different topic, one that's not so scary. And it's a little less paranormal than it's it's just scientific and something that's interesting. And that's um, the connection between music and sound and frequencies and things like that and your physical body. Oh, and I just realized that it's kind of poor timing because <laughs> it's poor timing. I, well, I just checked out a book from the library called This Is Your Brain on Music. Oh, OK. I haven't read it yet, though, so. Perhaps after reading that, I'll have some additional insights. I read, I read excerpts of that book yeah. for this podcast. Okay. Oh, great. Okay. Well, and so absolutely uh, music. I mean, you know, there's a lot to the mind body connection that we don't understand mm-hmm. because, um, you know, there, there's so many things that, that we can influence our, our body subconsciously. I mean, think about, <clears throat> I mean, when your, uh, your pulse rate, you know, just, um, decelerates mm-hmm. without, you know, you just start thinking about calm thoughts and your pulse rate decelerates. And you're not, you are not consciously decelerating right. your pulse rate, but it's, right. it's happening. Yeah. Or, or even just, I mean, they say that positive thoughts can boost mm-hmm. your immune system. But why, I mean, what's that about? Like, how can just thinking about something change it inside your yeah. body, you know? And uh, beyond that, how can 
listening to something, hearing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of oral stimulus, uh, aural stimulus. <laughs> aural. Uh, how that can change your physiology. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a real interesting thing. And as musicians, we think about those things all the time, too. Because you want to think about uh, what the crowd, how they're going to react to your song. Yeah, right. You know? And how are they going to... I mean, so there's the reaction you get. And especially in rock, I think this is mm-hmm. a thing. Because you play loud rock music, like in most live shows, like, can you even hear the words? <laughs> no. No, you can't. Like, it's Well, like, you can hear them, but you can't understand. <laughs> right, you don't know what the person's singing about. And so... Uh, unless it's like a sing-along part or people already know the song or it's just an acoustic guitar, you you, you can't really tell what the person's right. singing about. But it's the the, the music, the, the frequencies, the notes, the, the harmonies, all those kind of things combine to give people a certain kind of feeling mm-hmm. and, and have them physically react a certain way. So like when you hear something completely dissonant, mm-hmm. like a major seventh, you're like, eh. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, that's in movies when they use the soundtrack to build suspense or things mm-hmm. like that. Sometimes it's, it's quietly in the background playing a certain chord or, you know, thing that dissonance that gives you that creepy feeling and you're not quite sure. Right. What's that? And it's just that little, it's so yeah. that just hearing notes can give a physical feeling of unsettling. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the power of, um, you know, frequencies on our brain, which then happens to the rest of our body because everything has to filter through our head first you know right. it's like the, the cpu or whatever yeah it's like when you go running i i like to whenever i go running i like to put techno music on sure so i have a podcast that i like to listen to that's just a driving beat you know and i really notice a huge difference i mean not just because i'm like running to the beat of the music but because just the way that i feel like it you know sure it's me lifted up and i used to download the podcasts of decron the fitness dj <laughs> awesome <laughs> and and Decron, we'll put a link to his show. He doesn't do that many shows. So okay. like uh, most of what I was listening to was made in like 2013. Oh, okay. But Decron, the fitness DJ. <laughs> no, then they made me laugh. He's like, hey guys, it's Decron, the fitness DJ. That's awesome. And he'd always, um, you know, he picks certain kind of tempos mm-hmm. uh, for different kinds of runs. Oh, okay. That's great. And yeah. then he measures them to a certain time. So he, like do... he, he had a whole series of podcasts for like the New York City Half Marathon. That's awesome. And then you would, you know, he's like, you know, this is if you want to get a, and then he offers them for sale if you want them for a full marathon. Okay. But for like the half marathon, he's like, hey, you listen to this. And it's like a sneak preview. Yeah. You could just play it through it twice if you're really cheapskate. You could. You could. <laughs> but then you're not supporting Decron, the fitness DJ. Right. <laughs> no, I would definitely want to support him. Yeah. But that just reminded it made me think of Andrew WK's wife. Sherry Lilly, she oh, wears yeah. the leotard on stage and everything, and that just that cracks me up because it's it's just funny seeing somebody in a, like an eight like a flash dance mm-hmm. outfit on stage. But well, music and fitness, I mean, are yeah, very, yeah. I mean, remember of remember Jazzercise? Oh, I loved Jazzercise, yeah. and you know we have to put a Jazzercise video. Oh my in the gosh. show notes for this one, so oh, you guys can man. work because you guys can work out Definitely. at home. Yes, yes. Okay, so. We got a little off the track there, but yeah, but it just got me thinking Jazzercise about... Jazzercise never gets anybody off the track. What a difference. <laughs> Sorry. Our hostess is is waving things in the air over there. <laughs> She's offering us beverages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good way to start the day. The hospitality just doesn't stop no, here. No, it does not. <laughs> 
So, uh, but but that's the thing. We're talking yeah. about how music accelerates our mood. And it's cool because if you know that and you know its effects on you, you can use it to your advantage for things like exercising or like getting yourself in the mood to, to concentrate or focus on stu- studying or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is you're doing or... I don't know, other physical activities, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, they always, I mean, there's always the, uh, the cliche of like guys get a girl in their apartment or their dorm room, whatever. And they put on some, oh, yeah. light, some, right. some slow jams, R and B. And that will often put people, uh, in the mood for love. Yeah. And, and so just, you know, different, it's accelerate, you know, it, um, uh, it enhances your mood. Right. Right. And so uh, there's a there's a cool study just to talk about how music can help you make you happier. Uh, scientists at the University of Missouri have found that people can boost their mood simply by listening to upbeat music. Now here's the quote from lead author Una Ferguson. Okay. Our work provides support for what many people already do: listen to music to improve their moods. Although pursuing personal happiness may be thought of as a self-centered venture. Research suggests that happiness relates to a higher probability of socially beneficial behavior, better physical health, higher income, and greater relationship satisfaction. Okay, I think we can all agree with that, that ha- while happiness can be sometimes a selfish thing, um, the happier you are, the nicer you usually are to other people. Right, and the better you can do for the world, too, generally, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, like I'm thinking about a situation we just had where we talked to a guy and the, like, how you doing? And what was the first thing he said? Grumpy. Come on, that was the first thing you said. No, it wasn't the jerk random. He's like, I'm grumpy. But it was like, you know, hey, how's it going? Grumpy. Okay. <laughs> right. If it had said happy and then given you a high five, um, or like I'm having an awesome day, then it would immediately you'd be like, Okay, let's work together. Instead you're like, uh oh. Right. You know, this somebody urinated in this guy's Cheerios. Oh. He might not even like Cheerios. I don't know. So in the study, participants improved their mood after being told to try to do so, but they only succeeded when they listened to the upbeat music of Copeland, as opposed to the sadder tunes of Stravinsky. Interesting. Other participants who simply listened to the music without attempting to change their mood didn't report an increase in happiness. Now, one study showed that the preference for sad music was significantly higher when the people experienced an interpersonal loss as opposed to an impersonal loss, such as losing a game. Huh. So let's say the Packers lose. Right. Now... I mean, some parts of Wisconsin, like people are ready to jump off a bridge, right? And it is disturbing how upset people get. Mm-hmm. Like the Monday after a Packers loss is, I mean, I used to hate going into work on because it's everyone was in a bad mood, you know, and it's just right. like, oh, come on. It's the sports ball. Right. It's. I mean, of course you want your team to win. But, but like you're going to let it ruin your week because the team that, you know, you have nothing. I mean. So well, you this energy invested. In. This is the University of Missouri, though. So they didn't uh-huh. study it. If they studied Wisconsin, they may have found a different, <laughs> different thing. results. So like when the Packers lose, I mean, people just sit there, listen to sad, like they just listen to sad songs all the time. Um, no, but so you prefer sad music uh, like after a breakup or when you're, you know, in a fight with something or something like that. Like so um, and that's what the studies show that people do. Like you're not going to pick. I'm walking on sunshine. After your girlfriend just says, you know, me and your best friend have been hooking <laughs> right. up the past couple of weeks, then you're not going to be like, well, unless you hate your girlfriend right, and your best right. friend, you're like I am walking on sunshine. So you are sad. I mean, so you would pick a sad song. Like, no, everybody's like, okay, well, I might as well listen to some Radiohead. <sighs> you know, you're not going to put on Andrew WK after uh, you just had a bad diagnosis sure. or something like that. Yeah. 
You know, you're like, let's get a part. No, no party's going to start tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> no parties tonight. <laughs> Pity party, maybe. Right. And so that's why you, you, you drop in a little late 90s. Uh, Some pretty. Sarah McLaughlin, maybe. Oh, yeah. And then you can just <laughs> sit around and think about animal like. Oh, no, not that uh, again. Yeah, you think about what we did to domesticated animals and how we that ruined their lives. So brutal. In another study, people were presented with various frustrating situations and asked to rate angry music versus joyful or relaxing music. Consumers liked angry music more when they were frustrated by interpersonal violations. Huh. First of all, like that's, interpersonal violations, like that sounds nasty. That's a weird way of saying whatever it is they're trying to say. Yes. Like being um, like being stood up on a date. Confl- oh, okay. I was thinking, so that's an interpersonal yeah, violation. Okay, gotcha. Um, then breaking by, a contract. There you go. They're breaking the social. Then by impersonal hassles like not having internet access. So they rated angry oh, music higher. When something hit them personally, oh. rather than like, sure, like, okay, oh, like the Wi-Fi. I don't have Wi-Fi in this in yeah. this coffee shop. They're they're so not going to want to break stuff. Yeah, it's more tightly tied to the real emotional versus just the frustration but surface level. I think that totally explains the popularity of heavy metal. Oh, yeah. among like certain populations. Okay, when you think of when you think about, um, or even the popularity of like angry rap. And stuff like that uh-huh. among you know among yeah. a demographic a, a guys that have it tough. It's tied you know, in with the emotion, the strong emotions that they're right experiencing, the, the feeling emotion, like interpersonal violations. Think about some dude, um, you know, having a tough time with his job, having a you know lower class, doesn't make a lot of money, having a tough time with girls, and all the all these kind of things. You're coming up. What's kind of you're not going to listen to once again? I always pick. I'm walking on sunshine for the happy song because that's the happiest. <laughs> it song is the I know. penultimate happy song. Right. You're like, yeah, I'm walking on sunshine, man. Um, but you're going to listen to Limp Biscuit mm-hmm. if you're like an ex. Like I think about my ex convict roommate. Right. So he always had a tough time keeping a job. We can talk about my ex-convict roommate at length at another time, but I lived with the sure. guy who was an ex-convict for a few years, or less than a year until he ran away. And um, yes. yeah, but he loved like new metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get like 1999, and he's just he's like, oh man, you heard this new jam by Limp Biscuit, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I have at jam, and my ears find it offensive, <laughs> and he's just like, ah, oh, I love it, and so like he, <laughs> your face when you said that. <laughs> He just loved it, and he'd come back from uh, his, con- you know, his frustrating construction job every day yeah. that he hated, where he hated his boss, and and so it all tied in with that style of music, right? And so he's just like, yeah, give me something to break, and you know, and the law is basically what he loved to break. Oh man! So, but that's the thing. So the so it, the studies just showed that people prefer frustrating music when they're when they're angry with their lives. Okay. So music as a that's not shocking. I mean, no, it's. We didn't say we were uh, coming out with like news flash every right. Time. No, I know, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> so now, here's something: Can music make you smarter? Now is that now that there's something a little different. Okay, uh, that that this is shocking. If you think that listening to music um, can actually improve your IQ. Well, that was the theory behind um, this guy's book called The Mozart Effect. Oh, sure. I remember when that came out. And and that was the idea that um, the, it was uh, coined by a guy named Alfred A. Tomatis. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying it right because I've never heard his name said. But he was using um, Mozart's music and, and classical music to uh, 
to help people work on their, their spatial reasoning, people who had difficulty with spatial reasoning. And they gave research participants one of three standard tests of abstract spatial reasoning. And at, they experienced three listening conditions. One was a sonata by Mozart. Mm-hmm. Two was verbal relaxation instructions. And I'm sure they were just like, all right now. Just, <laughs> right. Just lay back and relax, man. And then the third people had silence. <laughs> they found a temporary enhancement of spatial reasoning as measured by uh, the standard IQ test. And um, they showed an enhancing effect of the music condition is only temporary, though. Oh, So they okay. listen to music, but then they were better. They get smarter and then they get dumber. <laughs> they were better at these tasks. Okay. Huh. And so this cool. guy wrote a book called The Mozart Effect. And I mean, the theory was that listening to classical music can have mm-hmm. an increase in your performance. All right. Now, it, it, my favorite part about this, and, and this was a big deal at the time, but nobody remembers it. 1998, the, the governor of Georgia, his name is Zell Miller. He puts in the budget money for all mother, expectant mothers to get a Mozart CD. I'm going to make our population smarter. <laughs> yes, he's going to do that. He puts it in the what? budget. He reads the Mozart effect. And he put that he's going to uh, do that. So like wow, the government was trying uh, to make you smarter. And he proposes free music for infants. In the, you know, so newborns and expectant mothers to listen to Mozart. And, oh, my goodness. You know, he could have worked on the school system or yeah. tried, you know, yeah, like, right. a, like a new kind of kindergarten, you know, yeah. 4K. Uh. Whatever. So uh, music, it, it's proven to make you a little bit smarter if you listen to classical. No word on what happens when you listen to Sunspot. Sunspot doesn't make you smarter. It makes you cooler. Uh. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, that's, that's a study as proposed by people that go to our shows. That's right, yeah. So once they listen to our band, they come out better looking, in better shape, um, well-informed, and more popular with their friends. <laughs> like immediately, we've seen this effect. Like once people, like our study was, we watched people who liked us on Facebook, uh-huh. and then you looked at their profile, and immediately their friends count. Like <laughs> <page>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we call that the sunspot effect. Nice. Okay. Very scientific. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And, that, and that's just a little tip for you guys out there uh, if you're listening, like our band, Facebook.com/sunspotmusic. <laughs> so. There's all these different things that, um, you know, music is used for. And, and one of the big things is music therapy. Yes, that is a big thing. And, and, and music therapy has been, I mean, the idea of people being soothed by music mm-hmm. who are in pain or sick goes all the way back to Plato. They did it in Greece. Mm-hmm. You know, like most, like most things that we consider modern, it was done, you know, 2,500 years sure, ago. Sure, yeah. But it, it started getting really more modern and popular after the first world war so people would you know because you had soldiers coming back and these guys lost limbs and you know every i mean the first world war was was brutal yeah uh, i'm still listening to uh dan carlin's hard hardcore oh, history okay. podcast. yeah i haven't done that particular he's in the one. fifth year of world war one wow and it's like overall there's gonna, in the end there's gonna be like 25 hours of world war one dang that i'll have listened to that's pretty cool but it's i mean anyway Bad times for everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, nobody wants to go back 100 years to the way no. things were in 1950. Oh so, um, but in addition to just music therapy, it's using certain kinds of music as medicine for people who are sick. Okay. So, um, there's been some studies done that listening to and playing music increases the body's production of the antibody immunoglobin A. 
or Im- I don't know how to say it. Im- immunoglobin, maybe? Immunoglobulin. Whoa. Yeah, look at that, huh? Wait, immunoglobulin? Immunoglobulin. <laughs> that's not a Star Trek word. That's a real word that scientists use. And natural, uh, and, and, uh, and the white, you know, and the, in the blood. The cells that attack invading viruses and boost the immune system's effectiveness. And music also reduces levels of the stress hormone cortisol. Okay. And cortisol, everything that people think is bad that happens in their lives is linked to cortisol. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like weight gain, cortisol, uh-huh. stress, heart attacks, cortisol. Cortisol you know. bad. And I don't know why, like we even have it. It's like our bodies want to kill us. Well, it's got to have some purpose. Sure. And the purpose is to kill us. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I'm going to make you fatter first. Well, we can't all live forever. You. There'd be no, no room left on the planet. That's why we have to go to the stars. And there's, <laughs> That's right. there is plenty of room out there. True. There is true. plenty of room out Very there. Very true. So there was a, uh, a study done at the University of Alberta. Okay. Okay. And the trial with 42 children ages 3 to 11 found that patients who listened to relaxing music while getting an IV inserted reported significantly less pain and some demonstrated significantly less distress Aww. compared with patients who did not listen to music. Wow, that's a nice easy way to Yeah, so I mean the experience. The idea is think about when you're getting your blood taken at the Red Cross or whatever, yeah. like when they distract you. Oh, they right, distract yeah. you? Yeah. They're like, "Hey, look an elephant." And you're like, "So what did you do today for breakfast?" They're like, they just, just, yeah. And they stick you. You know, it's like, "Did you have did you see the cookies?" Uh-huh. Oh man! One time at the Red Cross, I oh, went no. in, and this is after like a big Fourth of July party or whatever. I came in the next day. I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna give blood. It's gonna be great." And I, I get, <laughs> I partied a little too hard Uh-oh. the day before. Oh no! And so I was dehydrated, Uh-oh. so they couldn't find the vein. Oh yeah, because they always say to drink a ton of water before you go in. Yeah, and I drank. I drank a ton before I went in, wow. but no water. Nice work. <laughs> anyway, they just kept. They poked me like twelve uh, times. I know. I'm like, hey, is this a stabbing or is this a, a punishment? Anyway, you know what I could have used the whole time. What What's that? Music. Oh man. Well, my dentist um, used to do that. He'd put headphones on. If I had a cavity or something like that that he was going to drill on, okay, he put headphones with like classical music. So, to so, calm. So your dentist knew that for a calming effect. I mean, I'm not sure if it was you know if he knew of the scientific sure or effect, maybe he did it so that you wouldn't hear the sound of your I own think, screams. Yeah, <laughs> or just the sound of the drill. You know, going right in. Oh, but man. either way, I mean, in both senses, it helped the situation. So sure, and there, and there's a few theories about it. They say that um, music helps produce a, a, a effect of blood flowing it's called revulsive i know that sounds unpleasant i know because revulsion yeah but a revulsive effect is that helps flow um get, get the blood flowing uh, music may give a, a patient a sense of control music could cause the body to release endorphins to counteract pain mm. so like those frequencies or hearing something just triggers endorphins cool and uh, slow music relaxes by slowing breathing and heartbeat mm. and um, in addition, researchers are exploring whether sound vibrations absorbed through the body can help ease the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, fibromyalgia, and depression. Wow. And, I mean, fibromyalgia is a weird one because, like, nobody knows the cause of it and nobody knows how to, you know, cure it and things like that. So that's right. a, that's a yeah, tough that's one. Yeah, that's a very challenging condition. Um, but they think that, you know, maybe the combination of, you know, music therapy and things mm-hmm. like that can, can, if you don't know how to cure it, 
let's you you have room for yeah. some far out yeah and even if it just helps a little bit i mean if you're somebody suffering from that yeah it gives you not? yeah i mean one of my one of my buddies um was diagnosed with fibromyalgia like mm. i don't know eight or nine years ago probably maybe a little longer than that and um you know, he went to all these kind of doctors. He used up his health insurance, and then he wow. started spending. I mean, he had a lot of savings and spent up his own money, and uh, they they couldn't do anything for him. That's terrible. You know, they just said like, "Well, that's yeah. that's it." You know, so it, it's like a diagnosis unknown kind of thing. And so, the, um, but this this therapy they're working on is called vibroacoustic therapy, and it's a, a low frequency sound similar to a low rumble. And the patient lies on a mat or a bed or sits in a chair embedded with speakers that transmit vibrations at specific computer-generated frequency. <laughs> I just missed the R on that one completely. I just said computer-generated. You wascally wabbit, you. Oh, oh, All right, Elmer Fudd over here. Welcome to see you. Generated. Uh, rabbit season. Uh, computer-generated frequencies that can be heard and felt. Uh, they liken the process to sitting on a subwoofer. Okay, well, we've all sat on subwoofers. <laughs> well, at least that's in bands, because you sit on some, you know, we've all sat on subwoofers at some time. Uh, yeah. And they're seeing if it can help people. If yeah. At low frequency, it can it can. So that's interesting. Something. So it's, that's not so much music as it is just the actual the frequency. But, and, but that's the thing. So, I mean... Like Mozart and music and, and all these kind of things. I mean, classical music is very rigid when it comes to rules. Right. And so... Yeah, it's very, like, mathematical. And mm -hmm. I mean, when you talk about how uh, the middle medieval church would do things like... They said that they wouldn't allow different kinds of harmonies because right. they considered them evil. Mm -hmm. You know, if anything sounded dissonant. So there was yeah. the per that's what they called the perfect fourth, the perfect fifth. And things because those are the harmonies that were allowed by the church, and so, um, the, I mean those because those frequencies match up very, uh, I mean harmonically, mm -hmm. and they also um, they match up very naturally. Like right. that's why when you listen to something like a fourth or a fifth, you're like, oh, that's really nice. And then it's mm -hmm. when it, things start getting dissonant, they might be interesting to listen to, but our bodies yeah. react to them differently. So. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about frequencies in a second and how they can directly mm. affect you. Um, but one more thing about music as therapy. Now, there was a there was a, a video that went uh, around the Internet a couple of years ago with an Alzheimer's patient that would I listen to music that one. from yeah. when he was a kid. Yep. And then all of a sudden his eyes lit up. And yeah, he was kind of in a just. I don't know what do you call it? Not comatose, but. Yeah, but I mean that kind unresponsive of unresponsive like, state. Just, yeah, just sitting there, not speaking, not reacting to anything, and then once the the music started playing, it's like he came back to life. He started reacting. He woke up. Yeah. I mean, when you talk to him and things, I mean, he, it's crazy. He didn't know how to react, and so that music from his youth woke him up. And they've been doing that with a whole bunch of different mm -hmm. Alzheimer's patients now. There's a documentary called Alive Inside. And um, the social worker, Dan Cohen, he founded a nonprofit organization, Music and Memory. And he's trying to demonstrate to the healthcare system music's ability to combat memory loss and restore a deep sense of self to those suffering from it. And uh, we'll put the trailer for Alive Inside in the show notes so you can take a look. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, how many people have 
uh, relatives affected by Alzheimer's disease. Everybody. Yeah, I, every. I mean, everybody. Yeah. You know, has been affected by this really nasty disease, and so. What if you could get somebody unresponsive, even look happy for yeah. a minute? Yeah. I mean, even to be happy for the Every last couple of weeks. Every moment of life is <laughs> precious. So, I mean, music, we found out how, I mean, it really does affect us physically. And part of it can be tempo. You know, um, there is an interesting uh, uh, research study that says that it's not necessarily the genre of music. Like we talked about frustrating music that might that might affect you. Um but it's it's the it's not the genre of music that can change your physiology as much as it is the tempo. So they did a study oh. where, you know, you could it could be a polka at sixty beats a minute, and then your heart will slowly okay your heartbeat will yeah, slowly like, match that wow, sixty beats a minute. Interesting. It can be a heavy metal song at sixty beats a minute. Mm -hmm. Like you know, take one it's of those not style specific old then. Black Sabbath songs yeah. where they, I mean they you know it's slow, and so your entire heartbeat will slow down just by listening to that. Um, so, I mean, the tempo is one thing that hearing the beat, your body reacts to that no matter the genre. But we were talking about frequencies and tones a little bit ago. And um, that's something that your body's going to respond to as well. It doesn't have to be music. It can just be uh, like a tone at a certain frequency and a tone at another frequency. Um, have you ever heard of binaural beats? Yeah, I have. I think you told me about them a couple did. years ago, and there's all those YouTube videos of people like listening to them and then doing like going insane. Right. And, and <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's the joke about binaural. There was a, a thing going around, it, just like the Charlie Charlie thing with um, with teenagers or you know tweens who are bored. Right. And so they see something. Like, okay. So they go get these binaural be a binaural beat is an auditory effect uh, that's caused by playing a tone at two slightly different frequencies uh, in each ear. So let's say your left ear has a frequency at 1400 hertz, and your right ear has a frequency just slightly different, mm -hmm. like 1380 or 1370. Sure. So what's going to happen is you hear two tones, and the way your brain processes it, it tries to turn it into To one. match them or whatever. Yeah, it tries to turn it into one. And so instead of going, it'll be like, it's so weird. Even though there's no pause, yeah, your mind is creating. It's doing that. Oh, cool. Your mind is creating the beat. The effect was discovered in 1839 by Heinrich Wilhelm Dove, and um, it earned greater public awareness in the 20th century based on claims coming from the people in the alternative medicine community. Okay, that said, uh, binaural beats could help induce relaxation, meditation, creativity, and other desirable mental states. But there's also uh, the rumor that they simulate the effect of recreational drugs. The dark side of binaural beats. <laughs> right. So some like, It is kind of weird, though, because it's like you're messing with your brain. Like, you know, you're, you're actually making your brain do something weird that it's not used to doing, I guess, you know. Or it's not used to doing from an external yeah, stimuli. Yeah, right. We'll, we'll talk about that in uh -huh. one second, too. So the, the, the joke was that since they could, it could simulate the effect of these drugs that kids were listening to binaural beats and then they were YouTubing it and yeah. acting like they were freaking uh, out. Like, like oh man, yeah. I'm seeing stuff. <laughs> and obviously it was all placebo effect and, and kids being silly. Yeah. But that was a funny thing. That was, I mean, just that it just passes through the community. So like, just like we had urban legends and, and Bloody Mary and, and things like that, these same 
or yeah, it's that, like a high tech version of that, those things, right? Um, I mean, they still come through. It's just in a different. Instead of just talking to each other in gym class, you're subscribing to each other's YouTube videos. Um, but uh, there's a thing called the Monroe Institute, and these guys were trying to get people to have out of body experiences. <laughs> and so this started in the seventies. Okay. Like everything new age and weird. It started in the late sixties, right. early seventies. And the Monroe Institute uses binaural beats as part of its scientific technology, quote unquote. Okay. To help people achieve out of body experiences. Mm, interesting. Now, I'm always uh, the one to say like, that sounds like it's completely made up and, yeah. and things. But uh, the Wall Street Journal reported confirmation from the former director of the Intelligence and Security Command of the U.S. Army that they had sent personnel to the Institute. So um, the U.S. Army some believes in out-of-body yeah. experiences. Well, they at least they were experimenting it. with it. Yeah, yeah, they completely did it. So binaural beats. And um, hmm. so it's it, it, a thing called brain entrainment. And that's what binaural beats can help you to do. So if there's a certain discrepancy between the frequencies that gets your brain to operate at the hertz of that discrepancy. Okay. So when we talk about um, binaural beat with brain waves, there's gamma waves, which we are, <coughs> excuse me, which we are currently right now. That's when higher mental activity, including perception, problem solving, you know, fear, consciousness, like mm -hmm. we're alert, we're working on a podcast. So obviously we're very att attuned to what's going on. Now that's above 40 Hertz. Okay. So if you, so when your, your brain's in that zone, your when your like brain, normal functioning. Yeah. When your brain is in that zone, like it's above 40 Hertz. Now you go down to 13 to 39 Hertz. That's beta. That's when you're active, busy, that it's not quite as high level, mm -hmm. but you're still, you're still thinking about stuff. Um, you're doing things, but you're not like focusing, concentrating. Exactly right. Like, okay. So seven to thirteen hertz is alpha waves. That's you're relaxing. Um, you get into REM sleep, REM rapid eye movement. Okay. Have you ever seen somebody sleeping? Yeah. Um, and then their eyes are closed, and their eyes are looking all around, and you're kind of like freaking out. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is this person oh, doing? He's gonna, you know, what's happening? Dreams. You're in the alpha wave state. Um, four to seven hertz is theta. That's deep meditation, relaxation. That's no REM. That's when you're not dreaming at all and you're just out. Mm -hmm. And then delta. D deep, dreamless sleep. Complete loss of body awareness. That's like when your mind forgets that you have a body. Checks out. <laughs> yeah, your mind's like, hey, I'm out of here. So the thing about binaural beats, what they can do, is by having the discrepancy in the beats be closer. So... If you take frequency, so frequency and the, the measure of frequency is the hertz. So like we were saying 1400 hertz to 1440 hertz. Well, that would be inside the um, beta waves. Okay. So I then see. if you're hearing that discrepancy, mm -hmm. your, your mind starts operating closer to that. And that's okay. why it's called brain entrainment. So you use these frequencies yeah. to get your mind in those states. Okay. And then when you're at the smallest one like less than four hertz away, the binaural beat is very subtle because the frequencies are so close to each other and then you're getting into closer to delta. Okay. So that you can use that. Um, people I use gotcha. binaural beats to get yeah, themselves. Yeah, to trick themselves into that state. Mm -hmm, in these states. And, and also, 
binaural beats could be used as a uh, diagnostic tool. People with Parkinson's can't oh. detect, detect them. Really? Yeah. So huh. that's that's what this um, oh, researcher, Gerald Oster, he, he thought that they were really um, an important tool for cognitive and neurological research. And then also, and this is something interesting, uh, he reported that there's gender, gender differences in perception of the beats. Hmm. Women seem to experience two separate peaks in their ability to perceive the beats, peaks possibly correlating with specific points in their menstrual cycle huh. because of the um, hormones involved. And so oh, the theory okay. is sure. be- because um, when we were talking about how frequencies can activate you know, different parts, endorphins, I mean hormones are the same Brain kind chemistry. of thing. So that's the idea. So different levels of hormone may determine like, how you can listen to things huh, and stuff. Interesting. Like that. Whoa. So if you're more interested in in delta waves and theta waves and brain entrainment and stuff like that, um, there's a new YouTube series called Sense Eight. I'm not YouTube Netflix. New Netflix series called Sense Eight from the Wachowski family. I'd say Wachowski brothers, but one of them changed. They used to be the Wachowski brothers. They made the Matrix. Oh, okay. Okay, and then um, one of them uh, switched, or he's transgender, or she's transgender, mm-hmm. and so that's the Wachowskis. Um, so they made this new thing called Sense 8 and, uh, they had a thing called Brainwave Symphony and they made a little, um, they made a, a little, uh, song based on people's brainwaves. Okay. And so we'll put a link to the Sense 8 Brainwave Symphony. And, and what's the point of the song? I mean, is it supposed like, well, the, the idea of Sense8 is like these people start being connected to each other psychically oh, okay, around the cool. world. I haven't watched it yet. I'm, it's, on my, it's on my Netflix list. Okay. But, um, and so the idea is that uh, they're trying to use these brainwaves to create music. Gotcha. And I listen to the music and it's, I wouldn't say it's a pop hit, <laughs> but it is interesting the frequencies well, and it's that different. come up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something different. So. Yeah. Well, speaking of music, uh, our song for this week. Wait, I have to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Up? How can you possibly? I, I thought for sure it would be in the outline, Mike. What did I miss? You didn't talk about the brown note. Oh yes, <laughs> a pop culture. <laughs> oh my God! How did reference I miss that? That is completely applicable to this topic. Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, but I, I was waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And I'm like, when's Thank he gonna you. bring it up? Thank you. Okay, for you guys that don't know, the brown note is. I'm sure you're you're familiar, <laughs> you're familiar with South Park. South Park are the 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 uh, profane children on the Comedy Central Network that sometimes tackles current events, but mostly just um, makes dumb jokes. But it's still hilarious, <laughs> and I still love South Park. And um, anyway, they had one episode where uh, they tried to come up with the note, the correct frequency that would make people poop their pants. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they called it the brown note. Yeah, and we joke about that frequently at shows. Right, because I feel like we've played the brown note on several <laughs> occasions, and I think our audience members feel that way too. It's just silly. Yes, but we'll we'll put a link to that too, so you can see. Um, and that was the joke that they found the frequency yes. that made people poop their pants. Right. So. Oh yeah, thank you, Wendy. I almost forgot about it. No that. problem. I just I, I felt like this episode would not be complete without the brown <laughs> bringing note. that I up think, at least. No, that was great. Okay, so music. Correct. Now here's a song that doesn't use the brown note. Oh, thank goodness. We wouldn't do that to our listeners. We no. like them too much. But we did something a little different with the song this week, and it's it's an ambient song that uses binaural beats 
to take you from, or if you're listening to it, and it's probably not enough time actually, <laughs> but it's taking you from the, the gamma frequency to the beta frequency to alpha to theta to delta, the deepest level. Okay. And then it brings you back out. So in five minutes, it gives your brain a chance to go uh, to go into delta and cool. To come so that's what we're doing. A little. Let's see if anybody. Has any good results from that? Yeah, and from if listening some, to it, and somebody freaks out because they're having no beats and sees there, that's great too. So uh, let's get to the song, and it's our binaural beats track.
thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Oh, I just saw a shooting star.